Welcome to Season 6 of Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven. I am your host, Catherine McPhail. I am an architect. I practice in Massachusetts. My specialty is additions and renovations to older homes. I'm especially interested in sustainable renovations and new technologies. This season, I'll be speaking with women in renovations. These women could be in construction, real estate, design. It could be homeowners with a story to tell. Each will bring her experience and advice to people who are planning a home renovation of their own. The first five seasons have covered all aspects of home renovations from foundations to roofing, sustainable renovations, DIY projects, how to hire professionals, and there are lots of home renovation stories and advice from all types of people. This week, I'm joined again by Mona Ying Reeves, an architect and renovation coach from California, who you might remember as the founder of Kickstart House. From episode 72, which was Renovation Roadmap, or episode 135, Resolve to Remodel. All her links will be in the show notes. I asked Mona to participate in this season, and Mona suggested that we talk about gender roles in home renovation because, as she says, we experience different things as women or men entering the process. We discussed what gender roles have meant in the past and how that is changing or how it needs to change in the future. We didn't discuss gender as a social construct at all and stuck to the concept of binary gender roles. Here's my conversation with Mona. Mona, I'm glad that you came on today to talk about this topic. We used to talk about it on Clubhouse. I remember having a few conversations there. Yeah. So welcome. Welcome to Thank the you. show again. This is your third your third episode, I think. It your is. third or your second? Um third, I think. So yeah, yeah it's it's feeling familiar here. <laughs> what do you think about the gendered roles in renovations, Mona? Well, um, I think the gender roles are definitely there, you know, for any sort of home renovation project in particular. I, um, I've been in the construction and design field for over 20 years. And in the capacity of working as a professional, professional to professionals, you know, that's always been there, the gender differences. Um, it's an industry dominated historically and traditionally by men. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the women working in the field have, you know, hit the gap glass ceiling issues and kind of the uh, family life balance issues for working in the field. But when I went into the private sector and started working with homeowners in my own practice, I saw that that gender difference was exacerbated or even enhanced more in the hmm. kind of consumer space. I mean, that really? was my personal experience. Okay. You and mean like, what, now by yeah. that, do you mean like on the client's end or do you mean for people like you working with private sector people? You know, I, I saw that as both, uh, which frankly surprised me. Um, I don't know if you've experienced it also, uh, Catherine, with your own projects, but I know while I was working with homeowner clients who wanted to um, remodel their homes, rebuild, um, rebuild spaces, add on ADUs, uh, build their dream houses, things of that nature. Oftentimes those projects are driven in kind of the more traditional nuclear family unit uh, are more driven by the woman or the wife of a family. Hmm. And so they're, they're always um, at the table, if you will, um, at the very beginning as a client, as someone who's asking for, for really the criteria of the project. And the providers of the space are often 
still very much in the kind of male-dominated construction, you know, mindset. Right. And if we actually look at the numbers, there was there was a study that was done that studied a bit about this. I don't think there's even close to enough work done in this um, area as there should be. I mean, I really hope that this is the future as we go into construction and, and homes in a modern world that we look at these gender issues because uh, the numbers in the studies show that 80% of home improvement projects are initiated by women, mm-hmm. but the industry is about over 90% or more specifically 93% male. And hmm. so you have this difference with where information comes from and who's presenting the dialogue and the issues being discussed, which is really industry driven and who's experiencing it, you know, as a consumer, which is largely women. And so I think we're seeing a disjunct of where the voices are that need to be heard and what information are being presented. So do you mean that women are driving the projects as the consumers, but the people building the projects are 93% men? Exactly. And when you have women are driving the projects, women are asking for things and communicating certain things, but the communication may not land um, because there are gender differences and there are biases. Hmm. Like, then, like what? Can you think of any examples? Um, there are examples. Um, I would say a large part of when projects get started, we might imagine that, let's say if you're doing a kitchen remodel or bath remodel, the consumer might jump to what she sees on HGTV or in the magazines or social media. Mm. And that's going to be pictures of finished spaces. And, and so they may be drawn to things like, what's the paint color you're picturing? What's the tile you're going to use? Or how am I going to, you know, what furniture or window coverings? Kind of something that's more product-based. Typically, things are more aesthetically driven and, you know, hit those emotional tones of what home means and what it means to nest and really, you know, settle into a space that's, that's right for you. Right. The construction industry which is essentially a service-based business, not so much a product business, but, but we, that, that's a whole other episode there. Mm-hmm. You know, they're looking at it from a different lens. And so, you know, they're not really talking about the product. They're thinking more, you know, for their own business purposes. They're thinking about profits. They're thinking right. about how do we get this built? Where are the margins going to be? How is the contractor or the builder going to get the biggest profit and minimize their risk? And so we're talking about like two completely different things, and yet they have to kind of coexist in Mm. order to get any project done. Yeah. So are you thinking it's male architects or are you male like design build contractors? I think it's it's architects, builders, contractors and um, builders. Yeah, because in in the home space. So, again, we're talking about more like the consumer level, not a professional, not like an industry professional hiring a large firm to do something for work. We're talking about somebody who's working on their own house. Yes. And someone who works on their own house doesn't necessarily know who to even call. So 
who do, who do most people call? They don't go calling an architect or a designer or someone who might be able to communicate the process. Uh, they're going to call a contractor or they're going to, you know, hop onto their neighborhood forum yeah. and start asking, hey, can you recommend a good contractor? Who did your kitchen? Hmm. And the contractor, you know, let's face it, contractors build and contractors, you know, are providing the labor to follow the plans of a design that's already done, but they're not trained, nor is it their job to explain the process or translate some of these, these uh, differences that we see in terms of communication and, and demands. Right. So what's the solution then for that disconnect? You know, <laughs> um, it's a hard question because you can try to change the entire industry, you mm-hmm. know, and say, hey, like, you know, wave your flag and say, hey, we need to kind of educate homeowners better. We need to talk about this more. We need to be talking about the process, not the products. But that's swimming against the tide. And what I do in my work as a renovation coach is I focus on the homeowner and I help busy homeowners quickly gain the tools to know how to advocate for themselves. Yeah. Because if you know you're entering a situation like that, then you can equip yourself with tools and know what types of questions to ask and how to align yourself with, you know, with what you're seeking so that you're getting through that process in the best way possible. Mm. So how do you do that? Do you do one-on-one coaching or do you have courses that people can take? Or, I mean, how would someone? Yeah, it's... um, it's a really great question. I started I started doing this more on a one-on-one basis for my design clients when I worked in private practice and high-end design. But what I was finding was that not everybody needs a high-end designer. Yeah. And so what I've created through Kickstart House is we have a signature program and a course. And it's called the Renovation Accelerator, which is specifically for homeowners. And it is an online course paired with coaching so that you can quickly kind of understand the process, what it means to you as a client, and basically how to step into the role of a client to Mm. find your best people, how to work with them, how to get the most out of your team, and not drive yourself crazy in the process. Yeah. Right. Would you consider that course to be kind of specifically for women? I would not actually. It, it's been interesting because I think a lot of women really take an interest to that. And it goes back to what I said, you know, a lot of these projects are initiated by women, but it's certainly not, you don't have to be a woman to take it. Right. Um, I do think a lot of women experience the issues where they find a lot of value um, out of the course. And how I like to think about it is, you know, if it works for a woman, it's going to work for everybody. Right. And so, you know, if the women are driving the projects, if the women are really kind of planning it for their families, calling the contractors, interviewing them, hitting these hurdles where even, you know, you're getting bids and they show up and they're saying like, oh, well, let me give you a number. Why don't you talk about it with your husband and then get back to me? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of these kind of subtle things that happen that, you know, have you kind of have to get through in order to make all those decisions yeah. in the your project. Right. And do you find that these women, just out of curiosity, are these women actually checking with their husbands or are they the sole decision makers? You know, 
you might think, I mean, uh, you might think that they might be checking with their husbands, but, but a lot of times, you know, you don't. Because if you're, if you're running kind of the household and the family on a normal basis, and you're the one driving the project, you might check in, but the decision maker is mm. a female. Yeah. And, um, but still, there's kind of this old way of thinking that the man's driving the project, even though the woman's the one present. It at is. The meetings. Yeah. It is. There was actually a um, survey done by one of these, one of these um, service providers. So mm -hmm. it, it's not Angie List. I believe it was Service Magic, mm -hmm. um, Home Advisor Service Magic. I think it was Service Magic. Mm -hmm. And they actually took a survey of, from both homeowners and contractors asking who they felt the decision maker was in a renovation project. And the results basically said that contractors saw women as the primary decision maker. Like a lot of women as primary decision make makers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when you ask the men, men saw themselves as the primary decision maker. And then women saw themselves less as the primary decision maker. If men thought they were the decision maker, women then weren't fighting them for it, basically. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So it's, um, it's a complicated thing, uh, numbers thing, but, but I'll summarize again. So basically, <laughs> if, you've got, if you've got a husband and wife doing a project and you're talking to a contractor, the contractors, more, a lot of the contractors know that the women are the primary decision maker. But the, the husbands will think that they're in charge. Yeah. And the wives will think that we're doing this jointly. I'm not in charge by myself. I say, okay. And so that alone, you know, kind of creates this interesting dynamic, right? Right. Because who is the contractor listening to? You know, they may be more kind of in tune to try to listen to the woman who they think is a decision maker. But the woman doesn't know or isn't stepping into that role of being the decision maker then you really have no leader or client of the project. Hmm. You know, so it, it gets it gets confusing. And yeah, so what are the ways around that. What are the dangers of that, do you think? I mean, if the, if, if the contractor is listening to the woman and the woman doesn't really think she's in charge because she feels like she wants to be co-leading with the man, but then the man thinks he's actually in charge. Mm -hmm. You Yeah, you basically end up with like, I mean, first of all, who really is in charge, right? Right. Um, I would say that no one really is in charge. In yeah. that case, yeah. and then you're going to end up with a project that nobody's happy with because really no one's in charge. Hmm. You know, your your building team, your design and build team is going to be asking for you, the client, to be making certain decisions or providing constraints or helping them do their job best. Right. But if the you know, but if your point of contact or contacts aren't on the same page with what's going on, then there's no leader. And, you know, if you're always coming back, it's like, well, what do you think we should do? What do you think, you know, it's like that kind of a, what do you think I should do mindset mm -hmm. basically means that you're not feeling empowered and confident mm. uh, in your own project. And you're going to end up with, you know, piecemeal advice from other people who yeah. don't really know your situation. And then it just, you know, becomes something that becomes a little weird in the end that you might end up regretting decisions here and there because really it wasn't thought through and no one was making those decisions. Mm. Okay. So besides homeowners, how do you think it is, you know, being women in other areas of the renovation 
space, you know, like ours being architects, for example, do you think it matters if you have a, a woman or a man as an architect? I mean, that's a very broad question, but. That's a really broad question. Yeah. Um, I would like to think it doesn't matter. Yeah, I would but, like to know, think so. I would like to think it doesn't matter. But yeah. does it? Yeah, I don't know. It, it always depends on the particular dynamics and combination of who's who's hiring, you know, what firm and what they're looking for. True. And I, I would say that all architects have different uh, strengths and interests. So mm -hmm. and I don't know if that's gender dependent, actually. You know, yeah, I, I wouldn't say necessarily. All right. Well, what about female contractors? Um, For, again, I think there shouldn't be any difference between them. There shouldn't be any difference between them. The reality is there probably is some difference. And so it's always going to be a trade-off of like understanding skill sets, right? What I think it's really exciting about where we are right now is that there are more women getting into the trades, more women than yeah. ever being contractors or being the head of a design build firm or um, yeah, kind of at the, the front part of the construction industry. So things are, are changing, right? And so consumers have to kind of get used to that and tradespeople have to get used to that. Mm. And to me, it's really exciting, but it's also like very, very early on. <laughs> so we're all yeah, sorting early through. on. We're, we're all sorting. We're all sorting through that. I mean, if you watch um, any sort of kind of television show where they, you know, demolish a house and rebuild it back, you know, are we seeing a lot of women doing that work? We are a little bit. But they're really TV show hosts. They're not the actual mm. contractors. The, the crews themselves are still largely guys. And that's not necessarily the case. Uh, now, there, there are a lot of women getting into the field. Um, not as prevalent, depending on where you are. But, you know, again, we're very early on. Yeah, I had a few women. Um, women I had a woman working in the rough carpentry team and a woman working on the electrical team. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's progress because that's, I don't usually see that. So I was happy to see the carpenter and the electrician here. Yeah, And actually the, and the carpenter said to me, she was happy to see that there was a woman um, who understood what she wanted and could ask for it on the job site. Meaning me, of course. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was, that was like, oh, thanks. Yeah. I don't know. I thought, well, okay. It's too bad that it's notable that either I'm noting that, oh, I'm glad there's a woman here doing the carpentry or that she noticed that I could talk to the contractor about framing and whatever it was that I wanted. But it's good and bad. It's good that she noticed. It's good that I noticed. But it's also too bad that we have to still notice these things. Exactly. Because, you know, yeah. we're at a point where it doesn't really matter when you can't, you know, count everybody on on one hand or have to acknowledge that oh yeah we're the only women in the room <laughs> or on the mm. construction site yeah i've always wanted to help the everyday homeowner um because i do think there's a huge gap in the market right now with the advice that we hear like if you do if you do an internet search with a question that says how much does this project cost or how do i whatever for for your project that information is being provided by really um, your big box stores, your contractors, your 
the industries and the machines that have traditionally had male voices. So you're getting basically advice coming from a male perspective, which may overlook, you know, some of the things that we look at as women. Mm. And one of the things that, you know, that women do look at are the softer parts of the construction. We're looking at things such as the finishes, how a space feels, how a space performs for our family, how it adds to the quality of our life. Right. And the more traditional construction industry is going to look at the functional parts uh, of a renovation. Like what, like how well does it keep, you know, the do windows keep um, your home insulated? Yeah. You know, it's less about aesthetics, but it's more about performance. Like, yeah, everything down to the electrical and the plumbing. It's very, there's a lot of these performance numbers, you know, gallons per minute, you know, lumens, all sorts of stuff that kind of get very technical very quickly. But ultimately, like, you know, nobody's there. Nobody can be the expert on everything, especially if you're doing your own renovation project to be the client of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that will just drive you batty if you have to actually learn everything in order to even make a decision. Right. True. Um, So that's where you do need to lean on your professionals. But the professionals also have to know who they're uh, working with and how to communicate. So it's a, it's a two way street until we get there. There's just some strategies and shortcuts, I think, uh, that will help everyone along. Yeah, it's probably gotten a lot easier for women over the last 40 years, let's say, since I was a teenager. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think things have changed a lot. And I think we do see progress moving forward in terms of in terms of architects being women or homeowners being maybe just single women as often as married women. Maybe we'll get more more going of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This just seemed like the world is kind of changing. Well, the single women thing is really interesting because I did see some numbers about how home ownership, if we're talking about home ownership, right, as the entry to being able to do you know, work on your house, right? You have to own the house in order to work on the house. Since I want to say like the 90s or so onwards, um, home ownership by single women has outpaced home ownership by single men. Hmm. Interesting. And that continues to kind of, you know, trajectory. Like basically more single women are owning homes than single men. Hmm. Why do you, what, what do you suppose is, is um, driving that? Um, I think there are probably, I think there are multiple factors. I mean, one of which is that, you know, women value homes. Hmm. If you value it, you're going to invest in it. You're going to purchase it, right? Instead of kind of renting and kind of moving on. You're going to invest in what you value. Yeah. And then um, from other perspectives, you have a lot more, you know, educated working women with their own resources financially who are able to afford afford more than prior generations, which is fantastic. And you also have, you know, women who are outliving their spouses. True. And so all of that kind of, you know, feeds into this kind of complex this simple number that women are owning more homes than single guys, but it, there's a lot of factors feeding in. So getting, getting back to architects for a minute. So I've seen the statistic that 
women make up 50% of architecture students, which was the case where I went to graduate school. Mm-hmm. Um, but then only 17% of registered architects are women. Wow, those those numbers are better than um, I think what I heard or experienced. I mean, yeah, I don't know what I don't sh- know the specific numbers. I will say when I went to graduate my graduate program in architecture, we had an unusual year where I believe 80% of the students were women. Oh. 20% women. Yeah, again, we it was, it was an outlier year. <laughs> where you went to did you go to Harvard? Did you go to JSD? I went to Harvard. Yeah. Yeah, graduate school of design at Harvard, but that yeah. year we just we outpaced the guys. Okay. What was that like? That was really interesting because you're sitting in a room and um yeah, I, I almost think like when there aren't as many guys in the room, everyone knows the guys. Mm. But then if you were to go into a setting where you know, it's mostly guys and then, you know, a woman or two. Not everyone knows a woman. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. Why is that? Because the women, if they're outnumbered, don't necessarily make themselves known, whereas men do. Oh, I think it's just, I think that kind of dynamic is just a lot more complicated than just architecture or construction. Oh, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Sure. Just, right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just culture, right? Right. We you know, patriarchy, what do you do about it? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't think we're going to be able to solve that on this uh, podcast, what to do about it. (laughs) Do we have any advice for women or what might be overly gendered roles in, do we have any thoughts on that? The gendered roles in renovations? Is it, you you know, my thoughts on the gendered roles is um, first of all, to be aware of it. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not aware of it, then you kind of get hit by all these little miscommunications or get blindsided by you think you communicated one thing, but it wasn't received because you just weren't aware of differences where, yeah. of where everyone comes from. Mm-hmm. So if you're aware of that, then you're empowered enough to make choices and you can choose. Do I want to do something about it? Do I want to like kind of just participate or do I want to really lean in and get some tools and know how to, to make the situation work well for me? And so that's really where, you know, I love to talk about homeowner empowerment, but that's really where homeowner empowerment comes from. Uh, can you give an example of homeowner empowerment or of a homeowner, you know, speaking up for what they want? What does that look yeah. like? Um, I'll, I'll give you an example from, you know, I, I've, lived and kind of renovated many fixer uppers in my life mm-hmm. and one example is if as a as a client if i know something that is right for my project like i think i wanted a certain ceiling finish once they had to remove the popcorn i wanted them to remove the popcorn ceiling and do a skim coat over it to make it very smooth mm-hmm. and very kind of clean and crisp you know no texture Right. And I asked for that from the, you know, the the finishing and the painting contractor. Well, the contractor was one of these kind of old school guys who kind of came in and loved to kind of give me a big long lecture about how they do things a certain way and how what I was asking for was not how they normally do things. And I think he he told he proposed a solution 
that was not what I was asking for. And if I was someone who just kind of went with the flow, I would have said, oh, okay, I guess you know better. Or, you know, I would have self-doubted what I was asking for and mm-hmm. went with the pros suggestion. As someone who had done my research and was, you know, what I would call empowered enough to know how to ask for it and get it, I kind of kindly acknowledged that that's as valid of a way to do things as any, but here are my concerns. And so I also expressed what my concerns were. And I said, can you help alleviate my concerns? I'm not going to stop you from trying your technique because obviously you're the pro. But how do we reach a point where you can alleviate my concerns? And we ended up writing into the contract that he would do it his way. And if I wasn't satisfied, he would redo it a different way to meet my concerns at no additional cost. Okay. And so, of course, I'm wondering what happened. Uh, what happened was he did it his way. It was not to my satisfaction. And he redid it at no additional cost to me. Wow. Why didn't he? I mean, why didn't he just do it the way he wanted to begin with? I wonder. You know, I I, I can't speak for him. Right. I will say I can't. I certainly can't speak for him because I'm not him. Right. But but to me, it's, you know, it's one of those many things that I think women experience when dealing with a man's world Mm. so all right well mona if somebody wanted to get some of this empowerment that you're talking about from you how do they how do they find you yeah they can find me on my website kickstarthouse.com and um i will even say you know i have a lot of free resources and tools um including a renovation roadmap that kind of gives the basics of, you know, what to expect if you were a homeowner and what your goal and my milestones would be. So that would be kickstarthouse.com forward slash roadmap. And from there, you can learn about my renovation accelerator and the online courses and video and coaching that I offer as well. Great. And you're, you're on Instagram too, right? I am on Instagram and also YouTube. All right. And are those both Kickstart House as well? Those are Kickstart House, yes. So all the social tags are all Kickstarter. Do you have any last bits of advice for, let's say, I don't know, who, who, which, which of the genders do you suppose needs more empowerment? I assume it's women, but that just could be because I'm a woman. But, you know, <laughs> I, I would love for it to be both because, because women can't, like, women can't do things ourselves just as men can't do things ourselves. We really do need everybody to participate. Yeah clients and the builders and the designers and everyone to be on the same team and any tools that we can have to communicate better know what we're getting into and know the strategies for everyone to be able to to do their role the best and perform the work their best you know is is a win for us all thanks for listening to the podcast i wouldn't be able to do this without you the listener I invite you to join me on Instagram at Talking Home Renovations, where we are building up a friendly community. Other ways to get in touch are in the show notes, including the weekly newsletter that includes photos from the episodes. It's kind of worth signing up for that. Talking Home Renovations with Alice Maven is proud to be a member of Gable Media, the most engaged AEC network on the planet. 
If you're into architecture, check out what the network has to offer at gablemedia.com. That is G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A.com. Until next time, take it easy.